Look, Al. As much as I applaud you exposing yourself to water, don't you think it's time we marched bravely into the 50s and bought an air conditioner? Hey, can't a 100-degree day go by without you bringing up air conditioning? <laughs> Besides, as soon as we get one, they're just going to invent something new. I'll be damned if I'll have one in my house. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Married with Children podcast, the one with reviews. And love. (laughs) Is that good or what? I have no rhythm and I have no life. My name is Al. And, uh, miss, I think you dropped something. (laughs) Thank you, Market Dweller. (laughs) Thank you. I'm Jamie. How about a little jacuzzi action? Okay. All right. And I'm Dan. I wonder what all the poor people are doing. Well, I'll tell you what we're doing, Dan. Stomping around in my jacuzzi. (laughs) Number one, we have a jacuzzi going. And two, we are reviewing You Better Shop Around, part one. Nice. Yeah, so You Better Shop Around, part one, season five. Believe it or not, guys, episode 21. Mm, Getting down to it. Original air day, April 14th, 1991. Director Linda Day, she's really doing a lot of directing. Writers John Brancato and Michael Ferris, special guest stars. Bruce Charchow is the manager. John Asher as Bob, who I think is the kid who works in the supermarket, who believed Al's story. Mm-hmm. Jody Mann as the cashier. Bobby Brown as Nibbles. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Uh, <clears throat> Regina Leeds is the cheese lady, Ellis. Oh, no, wait, this is Mrs. Gillis. Well, who the hell's Cheese Lady? What does that mean? Hmm. Cheese Lady would be the lady that comes over with the samples of cheese. And he just takes the thing, yeah. Regina Lee is the cheese sample lady. Louise Report as Miss Gillis. And Helena Apotheker is back as Butter Lefkowitz. So now she's back to being someone trying to get a Weenie Tots job. But she's still with Bud. So Bud virtually dated or hung out with two different girls in back-to-back episodes who look exactly the same but have different names. (laughs) But different names, right. (laughs) Like he is with like a doppelganger or something, whatever he calls those. (laughs) Uh, Kevin Ryder is DJ voice. Hot enough for you folks? It must be a thousand degrees out there. Yep, it's summertime. Fish are popping and the DJ is high. I hope you're all as cool as I am. I wonder what the poor people are doing today. This starts off, Bundys are in the backyard. Because it's apparently like a thousand degrees outside. (laughs) Al's in a kiddie pool. Everyone's sweltering. Uh, They're out there because Al won't buy an air conditioner. Dad, why don't you just buy us an air conditioner? You don't want to be stuck inside on a day like today. Come on, dive in. (laughs) Be careful. It hasn't been a whole hour since you've eaten. (laughs) Don't worry, Dad. Sometimes you just got to say what the hay and go for it. <laughs> now, I don't know. If I didn't have an air conditioner, I'd still be inside away from the sun with the fan on me. But I guess, right. you know, I don't know. Some people deal with heat different ways, I guess. He tells the kids to dive in the six-inch pool <laughs> with about uh, eight inches to spare on each side of him. So there's really no room in this pool. And <laughs> and Bud and Kelly look at each other like they consider it before they walk. Like when he says dive in, they're like, well, it's better than nothing. Like that's how they look at each other. Right. No, it's not better than nothing. It's nothing. Uh, 
they walk in and they get they get cool up to their ankles. Sweating cats and dogs. This pool sucks. If you two are bored, let's have a little jacuzzi action. <laughs> and then they do it. They just go along with anything he says. <laughs> and man, do we see some nice hooters a bouncing on Kelly. Now you know that wouldn't be very cool anyway. There's probably like two gallons of water that Al is sitting in. Right. It would be warm and right. gross. In like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. Ugh, <laughs> God. Yeah, I wonder how little water there was in before he got in. It made it even rise that high. So, yeah, there's almost nothing in there. Do you guys ever do that? Do, like, if you didn't have a real pool, did your parents ever, like, cheap out, just pick up, like, a $20 blow-up pool to throw in the backyard and say, yeah, just fill it with water, hang out in there? No, but uh, when I was little, my best friend and I tried everything we could to make a pool or get a pool. So one time we dug a hole in the backyard. <laughs> what? And filled it with water and... My dad was not happy. <laughs> what do you mean you dug a hole? Did you like line it with trash bags or something? No, we just dug a hole and it was a puddle with water. So it was no, it was a big hole. It was deep, <laughs> and we we spent all day digging this hole, and then we filled it with water. So basically, it was like a big mud hole, but it was it was deep. It was like, and my dad was not happy. Just when I not. think I know all of Jamie's stories, she goes and tells us something like that. <laughs> this podcast has been good for Jamie. She gets to have a broader range of stories. It's cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my answer would be no, by the way, because I live five minutes away from the ocean. Ah. <laughs> so there's that. Okay. I had a real pool in the backyard growing up, so I didn't need it then. And... um when I had an apartment, there was a pool that you could pay to get into. Can you believe I pay them a, over, like a little over $1,000 a month to stay in a one-bedroom apartment, and I still got to pay them $75 to use the pool in the summer? Are you kidding me? What? No. I have never heard of having to pay extra for your apartment pool. Mm-hmm. Ever. Wow. And I've lived in a bunch of apartments. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the times, like, the pool and the gym are, like, included, mm. you know? Mm -mm. Wow. Yeah, I, I think all of the time. I, somebody <laughs> was pocketing your money out. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, 75 bucks. Just give it to me and I'll give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the title of this episode, what is it, Jamie? What's the uh, reference here? The title of the episode is a reference to the 1960 song Shop Around by the Miracles, featuring, of course, Smokey Robinson. Yeah, yeah. And what was the song Al was singing in the pool? And it keeps them Look, Al, I'm going to ask you one more time rationally. Can we have an air conditioner? Hey, as long as I have my pools of frolic in, we don't need an air conditioner. As I was saying, who is shark with his teeth bites? Mac the Knife or uh, by Bobby Darren. But you may remember the uh, McDonald's commercial, Mac Tonight. Yeah, that guy with the big moon face. The moon, the moon face. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Hey, Peg, a little tang margarita, see we play. Coming right up. Oh, <laughs> Got the tang. <laughs> the grossest thing of this episode is Al asking for a tang margarita, and Peg just dunks his cup into the pool and hands it back to him <laughs> to drink. <laughs> right. And he holds it. Yes. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Now, I wonder if um, tang would be good mixed with booze, because it is like a strong flavor, you know? Oh, I've done this already. I did do this. What did you do it with, vodka? Yeah, just vodka, yeah. Yeah, how did it taste? It's just as good as anything else you mix with vodka. <laughs> and I, I'm not really that picky of a guy with that type of stuff, you know? Because tang is such a strong flavor that I'm sure it would be good with booze. Look, Al, 
As much as I applaud you exposing yourself to water, don't you think it's time we marched bravely into the 50s and bought an air conditioner? Hey, can't a hundred degree day go by without you bringing up air conditioning? <laughs> Besides, as soon as we get one, they're just going to invent something new. I'll be damned if I'll have one in my house. That's the same thing you said about the toothbrush. <laughs> Look, Dad, I know I'm no psychology major, but uh, could the underlying reason for your reluctance to buy us an air conditioner be that... Uh, you're the cheapest man on the planet. But if I was cheap, would we have all this? <laughs> now, I'll hear no more about this. <laughs> Wasn't that so cute when Al and Kelly were playing Sea Monster? Kelly, let's play Sea Monster. Ah, the sea monster! Ah! <laughs> Mom, Dad scared me. He scares us all, honey. <laughs> that 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 was really funny, though. Kelly's reaction, like this, is just sometimes where she's just so stupid. Like it's just funny. Like it's just like legit hilarious. And and in, in that moment, I laughed pretty hard. Hey, listen, I let her play with my tentacles. Oh, God. Tentacles, kids, tentacles. I mean, t- wait, never mind. I'm doing it backwards. All right, kids, it's time. Oh, invite all the sharks to a party. Then they'll know that Bundy's begging down. Hey! <laughs> Not really. I was aiming at Daddy. Peg takes a gun and shoots Al's pool in order to move the air conditioner movement further along. And the weird thing is, when she shoots the pool, you hear air coming out of it, but you see a stream of water coming out of it. Why would that happen? Um, That is an excellent point. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, no, because if she shot it... Then the water would be going through the holes, and what but but at, at the same time, like Jamie made the point, there's like what two gallons of water in there. It wouldn't squirt up the way it did. It's just for a gag, like a visual gag. It's great, but yeah, like if it was a real pool, like a big pool, that would make perfect sense. Right. That that's what would happen, <laughs> but not with that. She uh, missed though. She was aiming at Al. <laughs> Now, as Gemma, she'll have much better aim with a firearm. Oh! Damn. Remember she was given Tara target practice? Damn. Yep. Al's lucky that she didn't hook up with that biker gang yet. (laughs) He'd be dead. For air conditioner. Oh, God. At long last, we're all going to be cool. Even you, bud, for the very first time. Yeah, well, it's a long time since you had a first time for anything. (laughs) Don't get too cocky, Kel. Remember, Dad went himself. Oh, it's just an air conditioner. A moron could get an air conditioner. I could get an air conditioner. (laughs) Kids, come and help me here! (laughs) So Al rolls in this monstrosity from like 1942 which he claims is a Kaiser air conditioner from World War II <laughs> is listed as property of Erwin Rommel a German field commander during World War II nicknamed the Desert Fox Peg makes reference to the nickname later when the neighbors try to break into the Bundy house and says to Al well Desert Fox <sighs> a couple times she says that did you guys notice that that's a very obscure reference, I might add. I know. Like, what person would laugh at that? Like, who's so educated to know that? <laughs> it's a World War buffs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then watching Married with Children. Yeah, I. if you didn't tell me that just right now, Jamie, that would have went completely over my head, just like every other thing. Hmm. Now, where would you put this thing exactly? Like, where would that go in your house? What, where would you want to dedicate space to that? I wouldn't. <laughs> no. I wouldn't want to. I thought uh, it was like an ice machine, it looked like. Yeah, and like, what, the exhaust, you have to cut a hole into the side of your house? You have to crank it. <laughs> Here's what's weird about that whole thing. Them hooking up those big, thick cables, I mean, the only reason to even tap into the transformer outside of their house is because there's no out, like, plug 
for an outlet at the end of this thing, I, I suppose, because you don't mm-hmm. you don't get to really see it. So you you uh, run it and just leave your door cracked open the rest of your life. <laughs> that that because right. you can't take it out because. Unless you unhook it from the thing itself and then leave it on the front lawn from the transformer on the telephone pole, like there's no way to close your door. Right. Um, the, the whole thing is too, why wouldn't you run it out of a window instead? Like that just shows how dumb they are. And because if you tap into a transformer, that transformer is still bringing the power down to 120 volts, so it's still just like a regular outlet because that just goes into your meter pan and feeds your house. Nothing changes beyond the transformer. It's the same, you know, voltage. So I, oh. it's all about not having an, an, the, the plug at the end. <laughs> How stupid is I that? have no idea what you're saying, but I love it when you talk power. <laughs> Emergency generator. Actually, I do. I do understand what you're saying, but it's just that's the cutest thing to me. <laughs> One twenty-one gigawatts. Yeah. Tell, tell me more power stuff. Well, we crank this baby up and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love how Peg starts it up like it's an old car. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. Have you got it? Yeah, Dad. All right, good. Not easy here. It's heavy. Easy. Here we go. Kids, you okay? Fine. <laughs> Yes, family, look at it. It's a Kaiser. <laughs> the pride of World War II Germany. <laughs> look at it, kids. Doesn't it just say cool? Actually, it says property of Erwin Rommel. <laughs> you know, Al, I thought you were going to a discount store to get one of those Korean ones. You know, with names almost like real products. Like our Frigidor refrigerator, RC Hay TV. Or my beauty fool wife. Kids, what you're looking at is the world famous Kaiser air cooling blats. The Jerry swore by these. But more importantly, they were at the forefront of 1942 technology. And now, this baby's ours, Peg. This is the best damn 17 bucks I ever spent. God, I must have loved you once. You don't know what love is till you've been kissed by the cool lips of a Kaiser. But help me out in the car and I'm going to bring in the main part. And then we'll be as cool as I remember myself in high school. And the main part was still in the car. (laughs) We didn't even see the brunt of it. Uh, Al says he's going to be as cool as he remembers himself in high school. <laughs> Do you guys live like your high school? Do you even think about high school? Ever? I really don't. Not when you were in your prime. No, I wasn't in my prime in my high school. I didn't hit my prime until... Well, I'm still waiting to hit my prime. <laughs> You're almost there. I see it right around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Not particularly. Every now and then. Dan's I'll... that guy in Not Another Teen Movie who goes to the high school parties still. Because <laughs> <laughs> he gets older and they stay the same age. Wait, True not facts, another. But... that wasn't Not Another Teen Movie. That was Varsity Blues. Sorry. <laughs> or or uh, Trip McNeely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he comes to the party. Trip McNeely. Yep. Can't hardly wait. Wow. I remember McNeely. Oh, maybe it was Can't Hardly Wait. That's what it was. Yeah, uh, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. (laughs) So as a side note, this uh, episode was available on the Married with Children Most Outrageous Episodes DVD, Volume 1. So was it both parts of the episode that was available there or just? I'd hope. Me too. Otherwise, that'd be mean. (laughs) Like, okay, guys. Well, after having um, Top of the Heap as your 100th episode, I'm kind of <laughs> weary as to their decision-making. Yeah. They they might not be the most thought-out bunch. Right. <laughs> hey, by the way, during the opening scene when the bunnies are outside and complaining to Al about the 100-degree heat, a thermometer can be seen behind them on the house that shows an approximate temperature of only 70 degrees. Which may have been the actual studio temperature when they filmed the scene. Those liars. I thought it really was 100 where they were. 
Or it might have been the actual Bundy thermometer and it just didn't work, which is more believable. (laughs) (sighs) You mean to tell me that they did not crank the studio up to 100 degrees for realism? I am disappointed. (laughs) No, they cranked it up just like Peg did that uh, air conditioner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not very <laughs> method. But, uh, so, yeah, like I said, yeah, Bud, Bud was up in the telephone poles splicing cables into the transformer. <laughs> Bud, you got it all spliced in? <laughs> yeah, Dad. Right into the city's transformer. <laughs> Dad, is this legal? No. <laughs> so don't use any names. <laughs> but come down now. Kelly, keep the flashlight on till he gets all the way. <laughs> yeah. He's down, Daddy. No names. <laughs> now does the pole climbing thing bring back memories? Uh suppressed ones, yes. <laughs> hmm. Hey, want to go upstairs and get some blankets and a sweater? <laughs> oh, turn it on, Mongo. <laughs> no! I got a brother named Mongo. <laughs> nice fall, bud. Now, we are ready. Peg, would you do the honors, please? <laughs> Easy, Peg. You're not having sex with it. (laughs) Well, we'll know for sure if it quits after 10 seconds and asks what's on TV. (laughs) You know, this could be you. I don't feel a thing. Uh, This thing comes on, and it doesn't even get cool. And he put it on Blitzkrieg. Well, it's 50 years old. Right. I mean, are you going to be cool when you're 50 years old? (laughs) Of course I am. That's only 11 years away. Oh, God, that's sad. (laughs) Wow, I never realized that. Uh, Thanks, Jamie. That just hit you. What are you complaining about? I'm only six years away. (gasps) You revealed your age on the show. (gasps) Oh, do the math. I've done that before, though. I said that Bud and I were the same age. Oh, you did? I didn't know how old Bud was. <laughs> uh, all right, so the Transformer explodes. All the neighbors lose power. Now, not to be a nerd again with this, but only like a Transformer, you know, it spans a few houses. So it would be a Transformer, then it would like heat up like five, six houses or maybe more and then you'd have to get another one and do the same thing again. Like you couldn't run too many houses off of that. Otherwise it would eventually drop in voltage as it gets to like the last house. Ah. Yeah, so I bet only like ten people maybe lost power there. I'll turn this up to Blitzkrieg. (laughs) Here, what do you feel now? Anger. I'll just... Ease this baby up to defreezing my hiney off. <laughs> hey, that ought to shut you up. <laughs> it's gonna blow! <laughs> Good news, Dad. It's not just our house. <laughs> oh, the whole neighborhood's gone dark. Well... At least they don't know it's our fault. Bundy did this! God, where'd they get the torches and the pitchforks so fast? They immediately have torches and pitchforks. I thought I was watching Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) I love how they do that instantly. They have that stuff. They come after the Bundys, who can only put weight against the door, because like I said, they can't close it because this thick power cord... (laughs) Well, Desert Fox. 
Well, Desert Fox, where will you lead us now? The laughing was so loud that Peg had to start over. Yes, 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 so yes. I think that might be why she said, well, Desert Fox, more than... Oh, right. So so many times because she had to start it over twice. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, how come they just don't either reshoot it, edit that moment out? Like, didn't they film her for a long time before she said that? Um, like, I don't understand why it's got to be so live. Like, there's a lot of times Al sort of, like, says things twice or flubs the beginning of a line. It happened, like, on four or five occasions that I really didn't bring up because I don't want to, like, pick apart everything like that in that way. It happens often, though. And I always wonder, why can't they just, like, do like do it again? I don't care if there's a live audience. Hey, guys, we're just going to redo this one. You know, we've, we know I mean, that just laugh. because you're filming in front of a live audience doesn't mean it's a stage play. You know, right. it's right. – you know they have to – surely they edit. Right. I like it though. I do. Like I like – because it, it does make it feel more live, you know. And like – oh, It does. And, and even the opening – like there were a couple moments uh, in part one and two. But the beginning of this episode as well, the audience was really going crazy. And I don't know. It just – it gets you right into the show, you know. I guess you're right. It does – just have a different authenticity. Yeah. With that. Yeah, okay. I buy into that. So uh, it's an awesome visual of everyone pressing up against the door. Like, if if it wasn't so iconic to have the Bundys in the supermarket all sitting there, I would definitely use that visual of them pressing up against the door for, like, the thumbnail of this episode. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's really great. And how everybody's positioned, how they shot it. You know they really visualize that and, you know. Right. Gave everybody their little marks or whatever. Well, Desert Fox, where will you lead us now? <laughs> you fools. Do you think I only had one plan to get us air conditioning and keep us cool? <laughs> no, trust me. Air conditioning ye want, air conditioning ye shall have. Cut to the Bundys on lawn chairs in the supermarket in aisle four. <laughs> which is a great aisle to be at with what's behind everybody. Yes, where the beer flows like water. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know how Al just didn't have a six-pack opened up next to him. <laughs> and right next to the cheese lady. Yeah. What that... blows my mind is it took so long for anyone to even apparently notice that they were there. Because right. they look pretty settled in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and and I agree, yeah. it's uh, it, th- Those are the two main questions. I'm like, how are is nobody saying anything to these people to tell them to move and then secondly what you just said Alex where it's like how is Al right in front of all that beer and he hasn't cracked one yet that was like the most mind blowing thing to me you know I wonder what the poor people are doing (laughs) did I promise you the good life Everyone can be as happy as we are. Everybody doesn't have me, babe. Oh, Oh, that poor woman. You know, it just shows that there can be unhappiness in even a grand place like... What'd you call this place again? Supermarket, babe. Supermarket. Wow. A big building with food. What do they think of next? Free sample? Cool. Well, thank you, cheese lady. If you see the lady with the little tray of weenies, tell her we've been laughing. Well, you know, this cheese lady, like I said, her name is Regina Leeds. Now, she was already in Married with Children. Hmm. Uh, she was in the episode Peggy Sue Got Work, which nobody was really a big fan of. Her, na- her name there was Woman 2. <laughs> hey, memorable role. She's moving on <laughs> up in the world. She got a name this time. Yeah. I think she was one of the women that were talking about buying a VCR or something like that in Peggy's store. Oh. So she was in Young and the Restless a couple episodes. She was in Murder, she wrote, Knots Landing, and Growing Pains. 
So she was in pretty popular shows, but she hasn't acted since 2003. She's famous for Columbo, Buddy Buddy, and My Life and Times. <laughs> so, guys, check those movies out if you want to get more of the uh, cheese sampling lady. <laughs> if that wasn't enough for you. Well, you can always watch her on Growing Pains. I'm sure you get a hefty sample of cheese there. <laughs> oh, snap. Jamie does it again. <laughs> Peg doesn't know what this place is even called. Which blows my mind. Was she not just there? Wasn't it just at, when was it? Two episodes, three episodes ago where he gave her the money and told her to go to the grocery store? Or, no, he actually, he, what, he, he tied her hands to the <laughs> cart and... Yeah. So she has been in a supermarket. Right. Right. I mean, it's a funny joke. It just is a silly joke because we know she's been there before. Is is there a difference between a market and a supermarket? A supermarket does not sell kryptonite. (laughs) Wow. Jamie. (laughs) Jamie. (laughs) Wow. Classic. (laughs) <laughs> so basically, they're stealing everything they eat or use there. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What are they going to pay? <laughs> yeah, with 18 cents? No, that Kelly would even understand the concept. Right. And here's my thing with it, too. Um, besides the air conditioning factor, um, <laughs> you almost like question why the Bundys haven't thought of this before. Just in terms of the food. Just go there and and still eat food there. Right. <laughs> and then leave, I guess, because nobody's really doing anything about it. Have you guys ever done that? Have you guys ever opened something in the store? Whether you paid for it or not. Like, have you? Well, once I stole two grapes. <laughs> yeah, my niece caught me doing it, and she says, you're stealing. So when I went to the register, I said, uh, yeah, and, and I ate two grapes. <laughs> anything else? Yes, I ate two grapes. Please charge me for them. Oh, two grapes? Who cares? Just charge me something, please. Yeah, okay, all right. Uh, I need a price check on two grapes. Yeah, you heard me, Phil. Two measly, stinking grapes. All the guy cares about is the 45 minutes left on his shift, and then you're like, I stole two grapes. He's like, what makes you think I care? (laughs) When I was little, we used to... I was always a very honest child. Yes. Like... Like to my own detriment, mm-hmm. honest. You know, I would do things like in the fifth grade, I found a dime in the parking lot of my school and I took it into the <laughs> I took it in to the office secretary to turn it in. And I said, oh, my God, I found this in the parking lot in case anyone <laughs> asks about it. <laughs> oh, my did God. It, did really? anybody come here looking for a dime? <laughs> <laughs> I was always taught that if you and plus, you know, right. watching Brady Bunch and stuff, mm-hmm. if you find money, you turn it in. And then, you know, so I found money. So I turned it in. You turn it into gum or candy, <laughs> you know, when you give it to the cashier at the corner store. Excuse me, your family, but uh, as the only one among us who hasn't yet been fingerprinted, do you actually think no one's going to notice we're living in aisle four of a supermarket? <laughs> Bud, we're your parents. You let us worry about what's right or wrong. Now, you go on over to aisle 12 and get Daddy some slippers. Oh, while you're at it, get Mom some perfume, too. Oh, Al. You remembered my birthday. (laughs) Folks, excuse me. What are you doing here? What does it look like we're doing here? We're shopping. You've been here for four hours. Well, we're conscientious shoppers. Greg, <laughs> you want to read me the ingredients in those chips? Potatoes. <laughs> nah, it's not quite what I'm looking for. I may be just a stock boy, but I know the look of a family without an air conditioner. <laughs> I'm going to have to call the manager. Uh, no, wait, wait a second, wait a second. There. Uh, all right, you, you look like a smart young guy. I uh, think maybe I can trust you. And Al tricks him very easily into thinking 
He is with the National Supermarket Security Agency. Because, you know, there's a lot of those. And everyone knows that if there was one, they would be, you know, sitting in lounge chairs in the middle of the aisle. That's just that's how that works. (laughs) Here's my big problem with it, too. And not in this scene just yet, but when he goes and gets the manager. um, Why would he give his real name? That's what I was thinking, too. Me, too. It's one thing. To look at the <laughs> at the uh, at the at the little check thing with with Al's face on that it. is epic. Do not take checks from this man. Right, right. But like, just just because like everybody knows that name. Like, even look at at the scene with the people with the pitchforks and stuff like that. You know, like Bundy did it yeah. exactly. And like, even if they didn't know for sure, they probably just assumed. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I, I'm baffled by why he gave his real name. I really just don't get that. Right. Like, you know, Peg's never in there, but at least he... Right. He's infamous enough to not throw that name around, yeah. Yeah, he's been dribbling checks all over town. When I was in back in the 90s, I used to manage this convenience store, and we had this book by the register, like a notebook, with all the names of people that you weren't supposed to accept accept checks from. And we were supposed to go through this every time someone presented a check. Yeah, we were right. supposed to go through this notebook. I mean, it was this really thick notebook. And I'm like, what? I am not going through this every single time someone presents a check. Wow. Now, listen, I don't want to make this bust and blow my cover. So you take it, kid. Thank you, Special Agent Bundy. <laughs> so... How do you like our cheese, Gillis? <laughs> Hopefully as much as you like our jails. Come along, baby. Bobby, what's going on? Well, now this kid, he's the stock boy or whatever. He became a, a really big actor. Did he? Well, he was in the weird science TV show. Yeah, his name is John Asher. He was in all 88 episodes of Weird Science as Gary, the main character with Wyatt. Nice. Yeah. And uh, the the manager, the guy who plays the manager here, played the principal in Weird Science. What? So they had a re- reuniting. And they Wait, worked- in the TV show or the movie? In the TV oh. show, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. This kid was in 90210 as the guy in the hall. What? Oh, my God. I loved him. Oh, yeah. You remember the guy in the hallway? Yeah, of the, the high school. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's known for. <laughs> I thought you were serious. I'm like, oh my god, he is seriously obsessed with that show. <laughs> I'm like, nobody would know that, but then again, you probably would. So I didn't. I didn't rule it out. <laughs> well, now this guy is a big director. Oh, really? Of One Tree Hill, four years. T- uh, Tukin, not token. It's T O O K E N. The Tukin black guy. Tukin, Tukin black guy. Uh, somebody marry me and a boy called Poe. Wow, oh, he is a huge director. Yeah, you've everybody's heard of a, a boy called Poe. That must have been Edgar Allan. Would you claim the fame you directed was, four years of One that? Tree Hill? That's a big show for some people. I don't want to be. Oh, sorry. What was hmm. that chick's name? Vanessa something that was in weird. That was in Weird Science. Vanessa Hudgeson? No. Wait, what do you mean? What chick's name? Which, uh, oh, Kelly LeBrock? No, the show, not the TV. I mean, not the movie. Her name is Vanessa Angel. That's right. Yeah, she was also in, um, t- uh, t- oh, what's that bowling movie? Kingpin. Kingpin. Yeah. Yeah, I never was really into her look. She had like a killer body, especially in King- Kingpin, but I never was into her face for some strange reason. So, Al says that the case he's working on right now is the blue-haired cheese band at Velveeta Annie. And it's just Mrs. Gillis. It's just Mrs. Gillis. Uh, this guy's known her, uh, played by Louise Rapport. Report. I always feel like I'm going to say Rapaport, so I just keep saying Rapport. <laughs> <laughs> the kid busts her, 
after Peg plants cheese in her purse. Now, how did Peg know to do that? It's like almost as if Peg wasn't even in the conversation. I thought he was kind of whispering to this kid. And all he does is point to Peg and the lady, and Peg knows to put cheese in her purse. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've been together a long time. They can read each other's minds. Yeah, that was a very coordinated effort for sure. <laughs> <laughs> more than they did when they were doing the shopping spray. Right, exactly. This is more coordinated. Yes. And the way this kid handles this old lady, I was like, God, is, is she getting paid <laughs> stunt work? <laughs> I'm sorry. What I, just, uh, I was just thinking about <laughs> when Al starts throwing the food in and Peg's not behind him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. The meats. He's just chucking them. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, the way this guy's roughing up this old lady, I was like, God, she must be getting like uh, a stunt adjustment for this this role here. <laughs> She's getting that Kane Hodder money. Yeah. God. <laughs> so Bud is with two babes. I don't know how he managed that. He's just waltzing through the supermarket, laughing at his own family, telling him to get a job. And uh, this is this is where he's with Butter Lefkowitz again. That's one of the girls. Right. <laughs> oh, look! Isn't that the family of poor people everyone says is living here? Isn't it pathetic? <laughs> Get a job, buddy. <laughs> Why, you little... You know, I have half a mind to move us to aisle six and not tell him. <laughs> yeah, when and when Butter Lefkowitz asks, aren't... Are these uh, are these the people that are uh, living in the supermarket? It's like, honey, can you be a little more like? Where did she learn to whisper? Right, she clearly didn't. <laughs> like what the? Like it, it was the weirdest thing, and then you know it was just so bizarre, and that it was delivered so poorly. I can't believe she got another acting job after that. <laughs> so Kelly's bored. She wants to hear some tunes. Al sets his targets. On this hot blonde Nibbles, who's wearing cut-off short jeans, a pink low-cut top that's kind of like a belly shirt. I mean, this... She was very attractive. Yeah. Her name is Bobby Brown. Great singer. I heard a lot of the music of Bobby Brown. I didn't realize it was a chick, though. That's her prerogative. Right. Bobby Brown, huh? So she went from this to singing? Oh, wait a minute. No, this can't be. And also, too, being a black man. <laughs> the toucan black man she became. <laughs> she married Whitney Houston. Toucan. <laughs> so she's she's known for for last action hero. What? Which, do you remember? I do remember her. She was uh, Arnold's niece. No. Remember? Really? So once again, you have to look at a movie cover. Uh, she was in this movie called Double Trouble. Oh, my God. You have to... See, oh, my God. You have to click the cover, look at the actual IMDb of this movie, and look at these two guys in the shot that they froze as the preview of this. <laughs> look at this. You won't believe your eyes. This has to be the two worst haircuts I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. In 1992. Double Trouble. I'm speechless. Peter Paul and David Paul? Is that a thing? The Paul brothers? <coughs> the brothers Paul? <laughs> yeah, what is this? <laughs> it is brothers. They have to be. They look the same. Oh, my God. Wow. Whew, it got a 4 out of 10, so check that out. <laughs> and she's known for Baywatch Nights. Of course. And Renegade. Oh, yeah, so now we get to the most iconic thing that I was kind of complaining about with Top of the Heap. Yeah, it worked here. <laughs> oh, it worked here, man. Look at the difference, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, miss, uh, excuse me, I, I think you dropped something. <laughs> Thank you, Market Dweller. <laughs> Al drops food around the supermarket, and he's like, uh, Miss, you dropped something. But we're not even going to get to that, because he only does it once here All right. and then it becomes this thing of creepiness but we'll get there 
Marcy's shopping, of course, and Marcy's so close to them buying something in like the re- refrigeration area, <laughs> and it's like, how did you get that far without even noticing these people? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so of course she's there. Daddy. What? Do you want anything? Yes, I have a strange yearning for some melons. <laughs> And a plucked chicken. I thought I smelled shoes. Well, if it isn't the Vanderbundies in their summer home. Hi, Marcy. Are you having a party? Uh, no. Thanks to Al, I and the rest of the block are sweltering to death in our own homes. Are they still mad at me? For blacking out the entire neighborhood on the hottest day of the year? Heck no. In fact, it's brought us all closer together. Why, when we were burning you an effigy, I ran into people I hadn't seen in years. We sat around, we sang our favorite folk songs like, if I had a hammer, I'd drive it through Al Bundy's skull. You know, Marcy, we just feel terrible about this whole mess. Don't we, Al? Oh, miss, I think you dropped your corn. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Here we go. Here, now we get to Al's creepiness. So yeah, he goes right, like right in front of them. He throws this can at her, and he does this. And Peg's just like, Ugh. and Marcy doesn't even look after she sees what he's doing. So then, all of a sudden, this this hot chick shopping in an aisle, and just Al just just comes around from behind her <laughs> in the creepiest of ways. Is that visual not staggering to look at? Like, he just looks like a guy should be arrested. He looks like uh, Chris Hansen <laughs> should be coming out of aisle five. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's by far the creepiest I've ever seen. Al, I was kind of taken back. I was like, what are they doing here? He's he's straight creeping on her. <laughs> Dude, that is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Now, Jamie, if you were shopping in a supermarket and somebody just kept say, just dropping things and goes, excuse me, miss, and just things that you didn't even put in your basket. Right, right. Would you wonder how these things keep falling out and why things you don't want are in there? Or what would you do in this situation? I think I could probably figure that out. I'm Within what the third or second thing he threw? Probably by the second. Th- I mean, I could I could see me dropping one thing, but it's not going to be a trail. I'm not right. Hansel and Gretel. Well, yeah. <laughs> would you check if there was a hole at the bottom of this? I thing? can usually tell when a guy's being creepy. Um, right. I do you know the other day at work I had a guy ask me if I would feed him. What? Wow. What? Yeah, this guy came. <laughs> this guy came in. Did you do it? Up some, no. Oh, so. This guy came in to pick up some food. Like he was just getting uh, a carry out, and he came in to pick up food, and I cashed him out, and he's like, um, "I said I put, I said I put a fork in the in the bag for you," and he goes, "Oh." Will you feed me too? And I, I was like, "Do you, do you need it?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, through a straw if you keep it up. I'm all about customer service. <laughs> That's as long what? as you put money in my jar. But <laughs> but then he goes, "Or is that too much?" And I'm like, "Yeah, probably." It's yeah, too, too much. much. Don't ever Did say you? that again. You yeah. creep. <laughs> you should just held your wedding ring up. Isn't that what chicks do? Like that matters. That never matters. That's like a that's like a dad joke situation, though. That's like uh, when you when you you know help somebody get in a plate, and they're like, "Well, are you gonna eat it for me too?" Oh, miss, uh, you dropped your flea fogger. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, this? You dropped your broccoli spears. Oh. Thanks again. 
Well, thank you. But, well, but, but that's another thing about the scene, though, where, I, okay, it's one thing if Al does it, if a hot chick walks into, like, the shoe store, you can understand. But Peg is, like, I know she's not standing right there in that instant, but, like, she's definitely around. And he was, like, the creepiest of the creepies, like, what, like right around Peg. He doesn't even care that There's she's – No shame whatsoever. Yeah. Now, I know Al stalks your pets. Right. But now he stalks – the residents and and the shoppers at a supermarket is i never just, thought of that oh that's right that's where he uh picked up his skills probably yeah by stalking pets <laughs> and he he couldn't look weirder cuz he's wearing these like faded black shoes no socks these pale white hairless legs <laughs> this this broken tv looking plaid shorts and this button down blue light blue shirt a short sleeve shirt. I mean, he just couldn't look stranger mm-hmm. doing yeah. this. Hi, Dan, Janie, and Al. This is Matt Thompson from Australia. Uh, this is another funny note I've got. I mentioned another one earlier this season. Now, this one, you better shop around. Oh, I was laughing so hard this time. I was eating my breakfast and. I almost choked on it. It was actually so bad, I actually had to pause it to stop myself from choking. I was home alone. (laughs) Well, hey, if I'd gone, at least I would have been watching my favorite show. (laughs) Anyway, keep up the great work as always, and, oh, just love your work so much. Thanks. Here's something men do. Quick, get me something. Excuse me, miss? Uh, you dropped your uh, eggs. Like he's taking them hunting. Yeah. Weren't you the same guy that was rubbing up against me at the bus? No. I meant him. That is, that's pretty cool, man. That is creepy. Oh, right. That's what, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> No, like, I don't know, making comments is one thing, and I don't care about that, but rubbing up, I had a guy rub up against me the other day. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. He he did this, I mean, we were in this this aisle at this store, and it was, you know, regular store aisle size. It's not like it was a tiny aisle or anything, and I was reaching up to get something off a shelf, and this guy just, like, I mean, completely rubbed up against me, and I mean, just all the way across me and he goes oh excuse me excuse me and i'm like wow what are you doing like he, he, it's so gross jesus that's probably the biggest thrill of his life you should have put down like a caution wet floor sign in that aisle <laughs> <laughs> so uh but gets another uh five from al you know this is the second episode in a row that al's so proud of his son that he gets uh and he gets a head rub like a nice like a little dog who did a good job. He's proud of his son for creeping up against a girl on a bus. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be proud of my kid for that. I'd be like, are you okay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> now this, the manager is, you know, talking all this over with the stock boy about, so he's the, he's the what? The cheese guy or whatever? Cheese security? I saw his credentials. They say he's the best. I don't know. I got my doubts about this guy. <laughs> Cutting to Al dumping cereal into his mouth. <laughs> oh my god. What a visual. Right after somebody says, I have a weird feeling about him. <laughs> and then when he runs away, it's just so, like, cartoonish. Oh. It's just so funny. And he just starts yelling, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he throws it back up on the shelf. Like, just, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stupid. Yeah, that's the guy, uh, Bruce Jarchow. He is the manager. He was in the movie Ghost as Lyle Ferguson, that oh, guy wow. who, uh, remember when Otome Brown had to close out an account and yes. take the money, the a $4 million or $8 million or whatever? Uh, that was him, the guy working at the bank. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Lacey Wu will like that uh, reference. She loves that movie. That's one of her favorites. I love Ghost, yeah. Nice. And he was in Scrooged, so most people saw him a month or so ago with Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. He was in the movie Big. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, he he's in stuff. I guess so. And like Jamie said, he was the principal of that terrible TV show. <laughs> um, Weird Science. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Terrible TV show. Yeah. So, yeah, that's him. So that's pretty cool. Nice. I know I know that face from somewhere. What'd you say his name was? Bundy. Al Bundy. I'm going to check him out. Then we get to, like you mentioned earlier, the iconic scene, do not take checks from this man, which is such a... Just that visual is so big that you, you've you seen that posted. I've seen it posted throughout the last, you know, 10 years on Facebook here and there. Whatever. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you're the dairy spy. Why don't you just announce it to the whole store? <laughs> you're on report, buddy. Kelly, give me a pen. Blue or red? Uh, uh, blue. Fine point or husky? <laughs> Never mind, pumpkin. Al Bundy, of course. You've been dribbling checks all over town. Listen, buy something or get out. Already? Peg, checkbook. Uh, cash only, Bundy. And I still want two forms of ID. <laughs> you just lost yourself some business, Buster. Kids, let's go. We're moving down the drugstore down the street. <laughs> Buy something or you'll be moving into the county jail. All righty. Family meeting. <laughs> and then everything changes. Now it's not you don't have to buy something to stay here. You have to buy something or else you're going to be sitting in the county jail. Right. So now he's just going to call the cops on him if you don't buy something. Right. But here's the thing, like. Why do you care if Al buys an 18-cent package of gum? What about him pouring cereal into his mouth? And right. Ev- everything they were doing this whole time, all the food they've been eating? hmm Yeah. That makes no sense. <laughs> but honestly, the whole reason for it is obviously to set up the whole next episode. Oh, yeah. But it's funny. I like to think of it like if Al did buy something, is he able to go walk back and sit back down in his chair? <laughs> right, exactly. As long as he shows a receipt that he bought something? Uh, Morris, listen, uh, I've only got a pack of gum. Uh, could I get in front of you? Eat hot death. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Before we exit this, think of the idea that, what do you guys think that if you don't have an air conditioner and it's hot out, that a supermarket is the place to go? And what do you think of the the set here and everything? Do you think it looks good? Does it look like a real supermarket? Did you get that real vibe? It did. I liked it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I def- did too. I like the whole episode because here's the thing. Like it plays into so many Bundy-isms, meaning like they went there obviously um, – to get out of the heat, but then you got the whole food angle too, which that's kind of, you know what I mean? And they used it in different ways. And then they added in, you know, with Al, with the girl and all that kind of stuff. Like they literally incorporated every aspect of the Bundy's uh, right. in a grocery store. And and it all played very seamlessly too. Like I almost forgot at one point, And by the second episode, you do forget that they went in there just to get cool. You know what I mean? Right. You, you, you totally forget that. Yeah. It just leads into one thing into another into another and the funny thing is like i said it transitions from okay now we're cooled down and now it just goes back to food right <laughs> like it just goes right back to food and then and chicks and, and chicks stuff, yeah. yeah all that exactly you know it's fascinating that al got everyone in the family to go along with this right exactly and then adding in marcy into the whole thing too was just uh, it was just perfect you know and and then how they're talking about you know she's talking about how all the neighbors hate them and stuff like that it was just a it was just a very um seamless episode and i'll be honest with you like on paper it looks convoluted oh preposterous it paper. looks convoluted and it's like what is this even about but it works and, and it plays to all of um all of the family's like strengths of the show, the show's strengths. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm fascinated that he got everyone to go along with this. Jamie, would you say that once everyone's sitting there, is that them just submitting to the fact that they're absolute zeros in this world? <laughs> like, is that when you totally have nothing? I would imagine, yeah. When you as a family are like, well, I guess this is our life now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, they'd probably be better off at the bottom of a lake. <laughs> oh wow! Jamie said they're better off dead. 
Amazing. I felt that way before, though, where it's um, like we, we used to get so bored in the winter in this town that we'd uh, we'd go to the Walmart um, parking lot and just people watch. Because, I mean, everybody knows that like people that go to Walmart are just ridiculous human beings. Hey. And then I, yeah, but, but here's the thing. And then we're sitting there for about an hour and then we just quickly realized how pathetic we were. <laughs> Sitting in a parking lot. Yeah, who's the bigger loser? The people in Walmart or the guys watching them go in? <laughs> and and we got that answer pretty quickly and I've never done that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Al goes to buy this gum. He asks Marcy to cut. She says to eat hot death, which comes around again later. Oh, the National Enquirer. Steve Rhodes marries Cher. Where? Where? <laughs> Marcy believes it, goes to grab the magazine, pick it up and look at it. Al rings up his gum. <laughs> they all assume the position. <laughs> what a family. That's their first instinct to right. put their hands up. Right. Congratulations, sir. You're our one millionth customer. Well, what does that mean? You've won a free $1,000 supermarket shopping spree. So the best line of the episode, one of them, because this is all just so great, Marcy goes, Hey, I was the next in line. What are you complaining about? You still are. (laughs) How great is that? (laughs) Oh, and that that does bring up a good point, though, because that was a fantastic line, but there are a lot of good lines in this episode. Like, a, a lot. It's really almost perfect. Would you say this is a, definitely a classic episode or episodes? Absolutely. Even at our 100th show, when Alyssa Padilla sent in that uh, recording, she said this two-parter is her favorite Mayor of Children of all time. Oh, nice. Yep. So this is a big one. They all start cheering. Al grabs the hot blondes and starts jumping up and down with them. <laughs> Uh, so great ending and we're all excited for next week so we'll be right back with the ratings no ma'am we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review be sure to join their facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates be sure to subscribe to them on the apple podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show to subscribe to their youtube channel Just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right, how many items are you throwing behind Nibbles and telling her, uh, excuse me, miss, you dropped this out of five for this episode, Dan? <laughs> um, oh, only out of five? I wish we could do more. Um, no, d- without a doubt. Oh, yeah, right? Can we do ten? <laughs> I'd be dropping corn. I'd be dropping, uh, yeah, literally every possible thing. Um, and like <laughs> you just said uh, before the break, this is a classic episode. When I first turned this on, this was one of those episodes where I knew, and I knew through and through. Like right. this is just one that is just a classic episode, and 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 I love it. And you know. Seeing everything from a different perspective now, you know, obviously going show by show and breaking down each episode. I didn't know if if it would uh, stand the test of time because I do remember loving it. But I was like, huh, I wonder how this will hold up. And I got to be honest with you, it it blew my expectations out of the water. So I'm dropping five things. This This episode is ridiculously awesome. I love it. It's hilarious. So five out of five. Nice. How about you, Jamie? How many items are you dropping behind nibbles out of five for this episode? <laughs> I think I would drop five as well. This is a really funny concept. It's a fun show. There were a lot of really great lines here. And, I mean, it's it's over-the-top ridiculous as far as the concept goes. But 
that's what makes it great. So, yeah, this is right up there with uh, one of my favorites. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Good. Five. Well, this is a Hall of Famer, guys. Nice. It's going straight fives across the board. There's no doubt. I mean, there, there's nothing to even think about. Nope. There's, there's really nothing to think about here. I, I, I'm just amazed that such an off-the-wall ridiculous premise <laughs> could just turn into such greatness, and it even goes further, even coming up with this million-customer thing and where it's going to lead. This is so fulfilling. There's nothing better than hot girls. There's nothing better than ridiculous Bundy stuff. Even the air conditioning thing in the beginning, like everything. Yep. One thing you said, Dan, that really struck me is when you rewatch this, because you know it's a classic in the back of your mind, but right. now that we're re examining, is it going to hold up? And I got to say, what's fascinating about this podcast in general of, of ours is that everything really, I mean, I don't think I've watched anything and like, and used to have a favorite and then suddenly went, oh, well, now that I really. Yeah. Yeah. I never really did that. I mean... It's always the other way. It's always... We like it more. Right. Right. So, that is fascinating about this show. Not only does it hold up, but it holds up under scrutiny. Right. It's it's almost like before I analyzed all these kind of things in the show, I knew I liked it. But now when I watch it, I realize why I like it so much. Right. Yeah. Who would have thought that? And I think that's why this show deserves a podcast. And I think that's why... It's so beloved. Uh, just the thought of it makes people smile, and so I think that's why. I think once you, we're examining the reasons why that's happening, so. Mm -hmm. yep. And we didn't really mention that the name of this place is called Foodies. They don't really make a big deal out of the name of it in the first half, right? But that's where they are, Foodies Supermarket. So tune in next week as we review. You better shop around part two. When the Bundys are evicted from their temporary residence at the supermarket, Al inadvertently becomes their one millionth customer, and it's a battle between the Bundys and the Darcys for the grand prize.